This is Books of Titans, the podcast dedicated to the influences of influencers. The books that have helped shape prominent inventors, business leaders, athletes, intellectuals, scientists, and others. We'll talk about what makes these books such classics and at least attempt to have an intelligent discussion about what makes them so important and influential. Hey there, this is Eric Rosted. I'm back covering another book. I'm doing another uh, a solo episode here. And this time the book is Never Split the Difference, Negotiating as if Your Life Depended on It by Chris Voss. Now, Chris was an FBI lead international kidnapping negotiator. Uh, right now he teaches at the university level on negotiate, negotiation skills. And then he's also the founder and principal of the Black Swan Group. And the Black Swan should should ring a bell to you. It's a book by Nassim Nicholas Taleb, and we will be covering that uh, at some point here in the near future. But um, that was a good one. And, and in this book, Chris, the author, goes into why he called it that, and uh, it, it it obviously does relate to uh, to Taleb's book. So um, the structure of the book is 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 really interesting and engaging. The, uh, the first part of each chapter will go into one of Chris's, uh, actual stories of, of negotiating with, with kidnappers and, and hostage, hostage takers and all, all sorts of different, uh, different people. One of the, one of the negotiations is, is actually for a forerunner car that he wants. So we get into a, a car dealership, and and that one's that one's fascinating. I, I'll I'll hit on that a little bit later in the episode as well. Uh, and then after that, he he just takes a lot of the lessons from that particular story and and writes about it in the in the chapter. And it it was a it was a good structure in that sense. And and then also the the lessons that he would pull from from a particular negotiation were usually along one kind of strand of of topic, but it would also vary in the chapter, and I, and I really liked that. It wasn't it wasn't like predictable where he was necessarily going. Uh, in in at, at least to me, there there was a sort of an element of surprise in, in each of the chapters, and and just a lot of good tidbits throughout the throughout the book. It, it wasn't like he he gave away all the the good information at the end, and then you're just kind of wondering when the book was going to was going to end, but no, it's it, throughout the book, you're, you're getting really good negotiating tips, tactics, uh, advice, all sorts of things. So, uh, Chris, the author, he, at the end of the book, he shares his goal for the book. And I thought this was pretty cool. So it, it two different parts here that I'm, that I'm going to read. If this book accomplishes one thing, I hope it gets you over that fear of conflict and encourages you to navigate it with empathy. And the second thing here, I'm going to leave you with one request, whether it's in the office or around the family dinner table, don't, don't avoid honest, clear conflict. It will get you the best car price, the higher salary, and the largest donation. It will also save your marriage, your friendship, and your family. That was just a good challenge, I guess, for me. I, I love to run away from conflict and, and not, uh, not a, a great character quality, but, um, I've, I've, I've always run away from conflict and, and here, here's a challenge to say, don't, don't avoid it, but, um, let's, let's navigate it with, uh, with empathy and, and here's some, uh, some tools and some skills and, and advice on, on how to, 
to go about it. So the the book starts off at Harvard, which is is pretty cool because he's talking to some of the the main groups of of people who have have come up with a lot of the conventional wisdom about negotiating tools and, and tactics. Uh, in fact, the book Getting to Yes that was. Uh, the, the negotiating Bible when I was in, in grad school and in business school. And it, it still has high regard in, in that sense. And he, he pretty much takes it apart. And the first scene of the, of the book is him, him at Harvard and, and he's negotiating with, with different professors there. And, and he's, he seems to win these, these negotiations. And that kind of starts the book off on, you know, here's a lot of the conventional wisdom. Here's, my take on some of that and here's where I disagree and why I disagree. And I'll get into that in the next section, but uh, I, I loved that because I, I in, a, in a way, that's kind of a journey I've been having recently of, of a lot of the books that, that we're reading for this Books of Titans project have challenged a lot of what I learned in business school. I did business school at the undergrad and graduate levels and there were just a, a lot of things that were were wrong, a lot of things that that needed further study or further explanation, and so this was this was kind of another cool thing in that regard of of certain things being taught in negotiation class as like the this is it, this is the the real deal, and then this book kind of systematically takes a lot of those pieces apart. So in this episode, I'm, I'm going to highlight a few that, of the tips that he gave in the book, uh, some of the, the more counterintuitive ones. And I'm also going to share a, a recent experience I had with, with negotiation. And one last piece here of, of this first section, I, I usually talk about who suggested the book or who recommended the book. And no one did in, in this case. I just started hearing Chris on a number of different podcast episodes and and thought, hey, you know, I need, I need to get that book. I, I think that would be an a interesting one to read. So what is negotiation? Chris says it is a process of discovery. It's not an act of battle, but it is a process of discovery. It's a way of learning, a way of gathering information. I liked, I liked that. I liked how he presented it that way, and it's... Maybe a, a kind of a, a counter conventional wisdom type of approach to, to negotiating. And this book was, was full of that kind of thinking. And I think that thinking for Chris came from two main places. The first, obviously, from dealing with kidnappers and, and these hostage nego- negotiations. And some of the books we've read for the Books of Titans, it, they're war books or... Uh, for instance, Man's Search for Meaning, the Holocaust. And I think in in those types of situations, you get a lot of information when people are pressed to their core. Uh, Some lessons come out of those types of things that might take 10, 20 years normally, but you get those lessons in in a few weeks or a a shorter amount of time because it just the the pressure and, and intensity. And I think the same goes for... For the hostage negotiations that that Chris took part of, he he learned a lot of lessons. He saw things that worked and what didn't, and he, I think he saw a lot of the conventional wisdom tried and 
ultimately didn't didn't work. And so when he's with the FBI, it's people sharing stories of what worked, what didn't, and they would go on that based on what getting to yes said or or uh, more some of the conventional wisdom said. And the the other main thing that that uh, led to his thinking differently about about negotiations comes from our, our good friend Daniel Kahneman. So Kahneman makes another appearance. We saw him in a ton of books last year. He is the author of Thinking Fast and Slow, and he's he's known for his work with Amos Tversky and the field of behavioral economics, behavioral psychology, why we do what we do, and how we're not as rational as we wish we were, or how uh, a lot of the academic content uh, would would hope that we were for for their models. And so he goes into this at the beginning. Kahneman makes an appearance on page 11. And uh, I'm going to read a few things from pages 12 and 13 of the hard ca- hard, hardcover version, and, and then how this leads into some of the, the, the ways that uh, Chris presents negotiating strategy and, and tactics. So uh, Kahneman later codified his research in the 2011 bestseller, Thinking Fast and Slow. Man, he wrote, has two systems of thought. Systems one, our animal mind is fast, instinctive, and emotional. And system two is slow, deliberative, and logical. Uh, I'm taking myself out of the quote here and to say that I, I kind of think of system one as our unconscious. It's the, it's the first thought you have uh, when something happens. Whereas system two is more of our, our conscious mind, like we're aware of, of thinking about what we're thinking uh, at, at a given circumstance. So he talks about the system one and two, and then here's Chris again saying, now think about that. Under this model, if you know how to affect your counterpart's system one thinking, his inarticulate feelings by how you frame and deliver your questions and statements, then you can guide his system two rationality and therefore modify his responses. If you believed Kahneman, conducting negotiations based on system two concepts without the tools to read, understand, and manipulate the system one emotional underpinning was like trying to make an omelet without first knowing how to crack an egg. So again, this is the very beginning of the book. He, he, he channels uh, Kahneman into the, into the uh, discussion and uh, we see a lot of the tips and tools that he gives from the book, it, uh, in the book, kind of uh, starting from from those two different two different areas. So uh, I want to uh, before we end up this second section, just highlight a recent experience I had with negotiation and what I did wrong. And after reading this book, what Chris says that that I should have done. So. Right now, we're having some work done at our at our house. We're at the one year point of a of a new construction, and that's where they they come in and and, and do some updates and and fix things that uh, that have settled and that were just done improperly or, or incorrectly. And there was one uh, especially egregious thing that we had in our house, and uh, the my counterpart at the construction company, I said my response to him was that's unacceptable and his response is to kind of dig into his position he he gets defensive and kind of goes with the company line instead of instead of really discussing it so 
what what I did with my response was was just kind of shut things down. I said that's unacceptable. Uh, but what Chris would say is, instead of doing that, respond with uh, by saying, "How am I supposed to do that?" and and do it in a, in a, a calm manner, uh, a nice way. So, how am I supposed to do that? So, if he says, you know, you've, you you just gotta uh, live with with this thing in your house or, or, you know, we're not, we're not going to be able to do that. And I respond, how, how am I supposed to do that? And so what that does is that bring that, that brings uh, humanity into it. It brings my humanity. How am I, how am I supposed to accept that? How am I supposed to do that? And, but it also gets my counterpart thinking on how he can help me. Like, uh, how am I supposed to do that? Well, here's how you could do that. Maybe we could help out in this way so that, that that fixes the problem. So just a kind of a subtle thing and a, a subtle way to to respond. But uh, that's one big thing that pops up in this book a lot is, is asking how and, and what type of questions in, in negotiation setting, because it, it, it puts the onus back on the person that maybe just said something that you don't agree with. So instead of just straight out saying no, you say, how am I supposed to accept that? This final segment, I'm going to cover the one thing. So this is the one thing that stuck out the most from the book, the one thing that I want to remember and to have be my key takeaway when I think back to this book. And that is to, to always rethink conventional wisdom. I know that may seem trite. Uh, it's actually been something that has come up in a lot of the Books of Titans books that we've read for this project. And just always, always be, be aware of the the main line of thinking. Uh, for me, especially with this book, I, anytime I think in negotiation, I think back to that class I had in grad school, and where we learned a lot of the conventional wisdom about negotiating the, the, most important things to do in in a negotiation. We learned terms like BATNA, the best alternative to a negotiated agreement and Zopa and all these different tools and tactics, but they're what everyone uses. They're what everyone knows. And it's been the conventional wisdom for a long time. And so what I really appreciated about this book was a counter to that. And, and then based on real world world experience, but then also based on the findings of Daniel Kahneman. And so really digging deep into what Kahneman and Tversky discovered about our minds and, and taking that for, for his field of negotiation and, and seeing what he could learn from that. I think, you know, if, we could, if all of us could do that with what, whatever field we're in, knowing how people respond in different ways and, and if we can utilize that information to, to make our services better, uh, our products better, uh, our negotiating tactics, anything uh, better. It, that's a that's a really good takeaway for for this kind of book. Uh, along those lines, I want to highlight the the car section of the book where where Chris goes in and buys a Toyota 4Runner, and this this highlights some of that conventional wisdom that he goes against. And first thing first is he goes in. He really wants this car. It's a it's a um, it's a Toyota 4Runner in salsa red pearl, and he wants it. 
and the sticker price is 36,000 and he wants to pay 30,000. So the first thing in conventional wisdom is if you want to pay 30,000, then you start at uh, to where 36,000 and your your starting number if you negotiate and and split the uh, the difference you would be at 30,000. So in this case Chris Voss would have wanted to start at twenty four thousand dollars to to eventually you know come down a thousand each each point and then finally get to thirty thousand, but he doesn't do that. Uh, another thing he he does, which conventional wisdom says don't do, is express any emotion or interest in what you're about to buy. So especially with cars, you're 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 supposed to go in there and and feign that you don't care about the car and. And, oh, well, you know, there's other ones out there. I could get another one, even if you really desire this car. And he walks in and, and he says, um, he told him, he, he told the sales guy, he goes, this car is gorgeous. And the, he said the sales guy just smiled because he, he knew, he knew that he had Chris. And uh, he said, you know, that beautiful vehicle you just described, that's, that vehicle is $36,000. And so Chris comes back and he says, I can pay 30000 and I can pay it all up front in cash. I'll write a check for the full amount. And I'm sorry, I just can't pay any more than that. So he starts at 30000 and he ends up getting the car for 30000 And the way he did that is every time the guy would counter, he said, he would say, uh, how, how am I supposed to do that? And he said he would ask that deferentially. But uh, the, the salesperson would, would you know go in the back and come back and say, well, I can give it to you for, for $34,000. And Chris would respond, wow, your offer is very generous, and this is the car of my dreams. I really wish I could do that. I really do. This is so embarrassing. I, I, I simply can't. And so the guy would go back, and he'd say, well, okay, I can come down a little bit more. And uh, he just kept coming back down and down, and Chris would just keep saying, I, I just can't do that. I just can't do that. And uh, he eventually got the guy down to 30000 but... I just loved that example because it wasn't um, it wasn't the typical thing that you you usually see in the negotiations, and it wasn't he wasn't abiding by the rules on how you're supposed to to act and and in that sort of thing. So, very very cool example. I mean, the hostage ones are are, are thrilling, and and you, you you'll read ten pages of this hostage negotiation, and not even realize it's been ten pages because it's it's really engrossing. So. Good, good book in that sense. Um, I wanted to highlight a, a few other tips and tidbits that he gives in the book uh, for, for negotiating. The first one is instead of trying to get a yes from the person, you want to get a that's right. So if somebody says that's right, they agree with your point of view. And he says yes is problematic because there's, there's three different kind of yeses. And somebody may just be giving you a yes so that you get out of their face. And that yes is not going to be beneficial to you in the long run. But if you get a that's right, that means that you have convinced the person to see things from your point of view. And he even contrasts that's right with your right. And he says that's right is better. Because if somebody says you're right, they're more apt to, again, kind of agree with you just so that you stop talking or that you that that you move on from that that point. So if they say that's right, there there's likely to be behavioral change 
as opposed to just saying you're right. And he even talked about that in, in the sense of uh, if you're if you're you're talking with a good friend of yours and you're they have a destructive behavior or a destructive pattern in the, in their life and, and you're you're trying to to help them see that and, and get their way get get out of that. Uh, they're they're more likely to change if you can get them to a point where they are saying that's right as opposed to you're right because uh, you're right is, is not going to change behavior whereas that's right uh, kind of sparks something in in their mind so good thing to think about when you're when you're negotiating uh, the getting to yes thing uh, obviously the title is you want the yes but uh, he he expands on that and says that's right is is going to be better. And the last one here is is the importance of listening, not not necessarily a, a tactic or a tool, but uh, uh, overall approach of of negotiation and the importance of listen, listening. But also, what surprised me in this book is when they were doing these hostage negotiations, there were multiple people on the FBI listening to the same conversations. So he would, he, uh, Chris would perhaps be the head or the lead negotiator on uh, with a given uh, kidnapper or terrorist or, or hostage taker. But there were a ton of people in that van or, or wherever he was in the, in the office working with him. And they were all listening to the same thing because he said, we, we all go back to our, our confirmation bias on things. We all hear things, our, our, our own way or the way that we, we think they should go. And just having all those different people listen and then talk about what they heard, that, that was one of the best ways that, uh, that people solved some of these, these hostage negotiations is just hearing something that maybe the lead negotiator didn't even hear. So if the FBI has all those people, we need to be cognizant of that in our negotiations to really try to listen well and, and to, to, to be fully present when we're there. Because uh, if you're gathering information, it might be uh, a piece of information that's crucial that you, you want to be sure that you, that you get. So closing out here, um, I, this was a great book. I, I would suggest you go out and get it and try to get it before other people do, because once they know these tactics, uh, you won't be as effective. It was an, an enjoyable book. I mean, the stories uh, kept kept things going. Uh, it was almost like reading a novel in, in a lot of, of situations, but then but then just taking a step back and getting a lot of the lessons out of these these hostage negotiations. So in, in that sense, just an exciting book, but also great wisdom. And, and I always think back to the books that we've read for this project and the ones that have a lot of counterintuitive information or ideas, those are really the ones that stick out. I mean, if it's just conventional wisdom and, and you've something you've heard your whole life, you, you just kind of agree with the book and, and move on. But if it's, if it's counterintuitive, it makes you think, uh, okay, why is he presenting it this way? Why is the author saying it this way? Or, or why, why, does, why does this person approach the art of negotiation in this way if conventional wisdom says to do it this way? Is conventional wisdom right or wrong? And is what this person's saying, maybe there's a, a, a nugget of truth there? And I think Chris hit a lot of the stuff right on the head. He, he captured uh, new ideas in, in taking what he'd learned from Kahneman and applying it in, in this situation. So 
In conclusion, Chris says life is negotiation. We're constantly negotiating. It's with our kids. It's with uh, the person behind the counter. It's high stakes things. It's uh, family. It's it's uh, everything is is negotiation. And if you can have a better mindset going into negotiation, have better tools, better ways to to get information. Uh, from the other person so that you guys can both make a better decision, a better agreement. Do it. I mean, th- this, this, book will, this book can help you, help you do that. Just so you know, in the show notes, I'm going to have a link to one podcast in particular that, that Chris was on. And along these lines of, of thinking unconventionally, I, I heard a lot of podcasts where Chris was on those podcasts and they, they would ask a lot of the same questions and, and, um, and talk about the book and that sort of thing. But the, the one I'm going to put in the show notes is, uh, is one where the, the person kind of set up a, a negotiation within the podcast. And I, th- I just thought that was a cool way to, to approach it and, and a, a good way to, to, to do something different when, especially when, when a lot of people are interviewing the same person. So, Maybe good to to uh, to listen to that one uh, after you after you listen to this episode. But yeah, definitely do recommend this book and and think it's a helpful one for you in uh, the art of negotiation. So we'll be back next week with another episode of the Books of Titans podcast. Until then, you can find us on booksoftitans.com, also on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, on the website. Check it out. As I mentioned last week, uh, brand new refresh of the website. Every book I'm reading this year, I state why I'm reading it. Uh, after reading it, I give a, a review. I have a section on each page where you can comment about the book. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. And uh, I'm very active on Instagram. So connect connect with me there at Books of Titans. And see what I'm reading. Uh, I'd love to see what you're reading. And let's let's talk about it. And until then, keep reading, keep listening, keep improving, and keep it real. Keep it real.